It's a joy to be with you again. Uh, I'm grateful for these moments that we get to share. And, and what a unique day that we live in. What a unique generation we live in. I understand that many people are saying, you know, this is the year that we wish we could forget. But in the midst of great challenge, that's where God can do some of his greatest work. And today, as we begin a, a new study, we're going to take the rest of the summer, on this first Sunday of June, and begin to move through a book in Scripture, a letter that was written that is very appropriate for you and I today. And we're going to walk through each part of this letter, every verse, and we're going to look at it together. And, and I believe that it's important because, quite frankly, in the midst of darkness, that's when the light of God shines the brightest. Hope is the most powerful in our moments of despair. As we see in our generation, even now, good news, it just overcomes darkness, and Jesus is still the best answer, and the gospel, the good news of what he brings, is what we need. The letter we're going to look at is First Peter, and you, you've gathered that, and I want to encourage you to take your Bibles and go on and, and find that. It's in the New Testament. It's actually toward the end, and I want to tell you something. I can respect this guy. I can respect who wrote this letter, because as we begin to read this letter of Simon Peter, here's, here's what we know about him. He was a real person. He was a real individual with real pains, real problems. And yet his story is one of the most remarkable stories in Scripture. Uh, his story is filled with moments of great faith as well as moments of great failure. And in the moments of great faith or in the moments of great failure, it's because he believed in a greater Jesus that allowed him to become the man that would write the things that we will read today. And so you're going to hear some words from someone who's gone through the ups and the downs of life who God has worked in him and, and who Jesus has transformed him to become the man that writes things that were helpful for Christians back then, and they will be helpful for you today. And so the book of 1 Peter, that's where we begin. We'll read the first nine verses this morning, and as we read, uh, I think you're going to be encouraged, and you're going to find hope. Uh, you're going to find good news in the midst of a world. And so here's what Peter says, verse 1, Peter. And so we know it was him that wrote these words, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and it will not fade away. It is reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this you greatly rejoice 
Even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Today, I want to talk to you about the outcome of your faith. I want to talk about what faith brings. And, and yes, we've gone through some interesting days. Even today, we come to you live from New Orleans in the midst of what's going on even in our natural world around us, as well as all the other challenges that we're all facing. And as we look at those things, it's hard not to place our eyes on what's immediately in front of us. I mean, that's just the natural thing to do. But Simon Peter, because of what he walked through in life, what he experienced both as real victories and real failures. He has a word for those who follow Jesus, who make Jesus the number one person that has the authority over how they respond to the challenges in life. And so he writes these words, and he talks about what the outcome of faith is for those who follow Jesus. I want to give you a life lesson this morning, uh, something that you can write down. And as I read this passage and as I prepare to go through this book with you, um, one of the things that I see that stands out, that helps me anchor my faith and helps me understand that it is Jesus who is still the good news, the best news, this is the lesson. He, Jesus, he is the one that keeps me, keeps you, keeps us secure between the reality of your present and the inexpressible beauty of your future. Jesus is the one who keeps you secure between the realities of your present and the inexpressible beauty of your future. What happens in our lives is we get lost in moments of the present. Uh, We get lost in what's going on right now, or perhaps what's happened to us affects how we view the world today. And yet, for those who turn to Jesus, for those who trust Jesus, there's more than just the realities of your present that exist for you. There's more than the challenges, the failures, even perhaps your victories. There's more than the present. There is the inexpressible the understanding that there's something greater about what he has for us than we could ever see. In our best moments or in our worst, there is an inexpressible beauty of what Jesus does and what Jesus has for those who trust him. And Peter knew this well. He wrote this to Christians who were dealing with great challenges. Now, in this passage To begin, he lists places, and and he says that this letter is written to those who are followers of Jesus who are like aliens, strangers, 
They don't really belong in this world, but yet they have to live in it. They are a part of making it a better place. And I'm writing to all of you who are scattered around the world. Now, this letter wasn't necessarily written to those who were scattered because of persecution. The persecution that so many times scholars will reference, it actually happens after the writing of this letter. It happens later on in the Roman Empire. So this letter was actually written to real people like you and I dealing with real-life challenges in the world in which they lived. It wasn't just the reality of being persecuted for being a Christian. And that, that sounds really good today, and a lot of people will use that as something to create fear inside of you or, or to get you motivated to do something and, and react against some force or authority. But that's not really what was going on here. These were Christians dealing with their own life problems just like you and just like me. And Jesus was the only answer that Peter could give them to help them understand whatever you're going through in your present reality, Jesus has an inexpressible beauty for your life that you just don't see yet. Regardless of where you live, regardless of what country, region, city, it doesn't matter. For all of you who are followers of Jesus and you are scattered and you feel like an alien in this world, like you don't belong and you want to exit the world or maybe you're dealing with great challenges and you don't know how to move through them, Jesus is with you. Jesus is what will hold you secure. He is the one that is good news in the midst of a world gone wrong. And so as I look at that as my anchor for this passage Boy, he, he says a lot of things that are rich for you and I today, but I don't want to take an hour of your time. So in just the next few moments, I, I want you to see some of the principles that stand out from these first nine verses about who Jesus is as one who keeps us secure in the moment of our present realities because he has something that is beautiful for us that we just don't see today. And so with that, what are some of the promises that Peter gives to the children of God around the world in his generation and therefore some of the promises that you and I can hold on to today in our world. Well, the first one that he talks about that stands out beautifully from this passage is that for those of us who are anchored in Jesus, who our faith is in Jesus, who turn to Jesus in the midst of a broken world, we are, and he says this phrase very clearly, we are born again to a living hope. We are born again to a living hope. That's very important when you look at this passage. To be born again, that phrase occurs in Scripture. It occurred in John chapter 3 in the life and the ministry of Jesus. A very intelligent person came to Jesus and basically said, Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. There is no way for a person to be born again. You can't crawl back up into your mom and come out again. It doesn't work. And Jesus says, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, you can't do that. But spiritually, you can change. You can be transformed. You can have your heart turned in such a way where you become alive to God, dead toward the things of this world. 
You can become spiritually a new person, vibrant in your relationship with me, sins forgiven, life transformed. You can be born afresh, born anew, and that's who you can become when you believe in me. That's what Jesus told that teacher, to be born again. That is true for everyone who would turn to Christ. That is true for everyone who by faith would trust in him. Your heart changes. Your perspective changes. Your actions begin to change. Even on your worst days, your bent is going to be toward God, toward the things of God, toward the things of Christ. Even in moments of great failure, like Simon Peter walked through, you're ultimately going to come out on the other side better because you're bent, you're born again toward the things of God and toward the things of Christ. And Peter says that because of the work of Jesus, you have been born again to a living hope. And the gospel, the good news, the Bible is all about living. I mean, so many times we misunderstand our Christianity and our faith and we hold on to it for our dying. But boy, that's powerless. The dying part is easy. We're all going to deal with that, both sometimes emotionally, mentally, physically, yes, in this world, but also, yeah, there's a point coming where this body just stops. But, you know, everybody gets there. But not everybody learns how to truly live. And to truly live means that you will embrace the living hope from what it means to be born to God, born afresh in your relationship with God, born again to a living hope. And we've talked about hope during this season. Hope is what we cling to. Hope penetrates the darkness. Hope gives us endurance and perseverance. Hope allows us to look ahead to what God is going to do. We can trust Him with a living hope. Therefore, we can trust him with our life. Born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so Peter uses even the life and the resurrection of Jesus as our model. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. He went through an excruciating lifetime of ministry And it cost him his physical life for a moment. But even in the moments of great agony and what appeared to be defeat, he rose again. And that's so true for you. That's so true for me. That's so true for us and our families and our friends and those we love. You can resurrect to a living hope because you are born again and you believe in the resurrection and the example of Jesus. Now what a great word for today because... What we feel, what we see, what we're hearing as we look at our world around us, it's not good news. It doesn't build the heart. It it discourages and it causes people to become divided and and to fight for different reasons and causes. and, And it's very, very challenging. But to turn your eyes to Jesus, to turn your heart toward a living hope, to live as if you were born again, In the moments of various trials, in the moments where you feel scattered, not just where you're isolated and separated, but in the moments of your greatest defeat, to turn 
to Jesus, who holds you secure in your present realities because he has an inexpressible beauty for your life, you get there by realizing you've been born again. And if you haven't done that, today would be your day to say, Jesus, I just need you to create a new birth, a new life in my heart so that I can express that through everything that you've given me today. Born again to live in hope. It's powerful. The second thing that stands out as I look at what Peter writes to all the Christians that were listening and paying attention in his generation. And, and he talks about in the moments of dealing with great challenge in this world, we obtain something. You actually get something in the midst of your great struggles, in the midst of moments where it doesn't seem to be going your way. You obtain something. And what do you obtain through your faith in Christ? What is one of the outcomes of faith? You obtain an imperishable inheritance. You obtain an imperishable inheritance. When I look at this scripture as he describes this inheritance and he talks about what it is, he says it's imperishable. It means it won't break. It won't go away. It it doesn't change. It's undefiled. In other words, it's a pure inheritance. It's something that is good, and it's going to come to you, and it's going to come to you appropriately, and it's going to be yours, and you don't have to feel bad about it or fight for it in any capacity. It belongs to you. It is an undefiled inheritance, and it will not fade away. No one can take it from you. No one can tax you on it. No one can steal it. It's yours. It won't fade away. But here's the challenge. Any inheritance, any gift, any beautiful thing from God, the hard thing about living in this world is we always have to wait for it. We do. Now, we will live for things in this world that we will chase and we we will pursue and they are meaningful for us. But something about the beautiful inheritance that we just don't understand, even in the moments where we are scattered and we face various trials, the undefiled, imperishable inheritance that God has for us, it's heavenly. It just is. It's the way that while we walk through the moments of life and we have moments of great victory and feel like we've arrived, Simon Peter had those, or moments of great failure and we feel like we can't go on. He had those as well, and I know that you and I have had those in our own moments of existence. But in the midst of all of those, whether up or down, when you hold on to Christ, when you believe in Jesus, you obtain an inheritance that is imperishable, that is undefiled, that no one can take away from you, and it is reserved in heaven for you. Have you ever been to a dinner or a banquet or a a, a business function and and you go in and there are name places where, where your name is assigned? That place has been reserved for you. Well, heaven is like that. Can you imagine that you walk through all of the challenges of this life, but yet you keep your faith and your heart fixed on Jesus? And there are moments where you're going to thrive, and there are moments where you and I are going to struggle, and we might struggle deeply. But irregardless of any of those, because your heart is fixed on Christ, you will walk into something that you couldn't imagine, couldn't have hoped for, 
all because of Jesus, a place where there is a spot reserved for you. Your name is written there. And your name is written there because you have placed your trust in the only one who could get you there. You see, our lifetime won't get us there, but Jesus will. Simon learned that. Simon learned, boy, I can be a rock, and I can fall like a rock to the depths of despair. Simon Peter learned that in the midst of all of those, who was there for him? Jesus. Who was there that would reach out a hand to him? And who would accept him, not judge him, and love him in moments where his life was sinking, where he would deny, where he would struggle? Who was there for him and never turned his back on him? Jesus was. And let me tell you something, friends. Jesus did that for one of the greatest apostles of all time. And Jesus does that for you. Jesus does that for me. Jesus does that for all those who are scattered throughout the world, and yet in the moments of various trials, whatever they look like, he's there with them, and they keep their eyes fixed on him. As an outcome, they obtain an inheritance that is imperishable, that is eternal, and is something that is beautiful beyond what we can see today. It's there for you, my friend. It's there for us when we hold on and we believe in Him, and we just don't let go of our faith in the Son of God who has saved our souls. And that brings me to the third thing. As Simon Peter walks through the realities that these Christians were living in, different challenges, different life stages, different locations, but he said something to them that applied to them all, irregardless of how they felt, what they were thinking, where they were living. And he said, because of your faith, because of what God has done through Jesus, you are protected by the power of God. You are protected by the power of God. These are some of the promises that Simon Peter would remind these followers of Jesus around the world in the midst of what they were going through. Yes, they were to be born again, and that was something to never let go of. They were living examples of a hope that only Jesus could bring. Yes, they obtained eternally an inheritance that was imperishable. But they were also in the present moment protected by the power of God. You see, there is this inexpressible beauty that Jesus has for you and your life that as you walk through moments, you may not see. And it's the moments of the present that blind us, that distract us, that could pull us down and cause us to miss what it is he has out there. And so we're going to get lost, we're going to struggle, we're going to challenge uh, one another, and we're going to challenge things that are going on around us. We're going to face a lot right now. But what if you paused and took a step back and said, wait a minute, what else is out there that is bigger than this moment? What else is it that God has for me as one of his children, as someone identified by Christ? What is it that he can do? And in the midst of my present, his protection is there. I am protected by the power of God. He says to this 
group of followers, believers in Christ, you are protected by the power of God. How? Through faith. So it is faith that brings you your protection. Believing that God is with you in the moments of your present is very important. And what are you protected for? You're protected for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in your future. So you are protected today. You are in the presence of God today as he works out something that you don't see yet. Again, I understand that's one of the greatest challenges that we face as human beings. But the promise is still the same. You are protected by the power of God when you believe in Jesus, irregardless of what you're going through, irregardless of where you live. And you are protected for a salvation that is yet to be revealed. You are protected for something that God is doing that you just don't see in the moments of your present. And so Jesus has to be your anchor, the one you hold on to in the moments of your life. And that's what Simon Peter reminds them. And he reminds them of this in the midst of a world where you are distressed, by various trials. So fill in the blank. What's your various trial? I mean, Simon Peter doesn't leave anything out. That opens up the door for you and I to be able to say, yeah, whatever I am distressed by, Jesus is there. I am protected by the hand of God, the presence of God, the peace of God in the midst of whatever various difficulty it is that I'm walking through. And that is an anchor, that is a security, that is a reality that Jesus will hold me in the moments of my presence and he will get me to the beautiful, inexpressible reality that he has for me, but I have to hold on by faith. I have to trust him and I have to know and ask him to continue to work it out in the midst of the moments that I see right now. And here's the interesting thing. The moments we see right now never allow us to see what's ahead. They don't. The only way you get to the moments ahead that God has for you is to trust Him and to believe in His protection right now and the plan that He has for you, He's holding and He's going to work it out for you. That's how Jesus works. And Simon Peter had to remind these believers in his generation and what a great reminder and what a great letter for you and I today And that brings me to the last thing that I look at when I see this passage. Nine short verses, but the last one is very important. He says to them as he writes, You have not seen Jesus, but you love him. So obviously he's writing to a generation of people just like you and I who lived after Jesus' ascension into heaven. And he acknowledges, many of you out there, you never saw him, but you know what he did. And you choose to love him. Yeah, that's true for you and I today. And he acknowledges, you don't see him right now, but you believe in him. What a powerful statement. You see, because even today, you may not see him at work. You may not feel him at work. You may think that this world's just going to cave in and the devil's going to take over every single thing. 
But that's not what Peter would remind the Christians of that day. And you know what? I can't do that for you as well. The truth is, you may not see him, but you believe him. You may not have seen him, but you love him. And when you do that, you obtain this final outcome, which is the salvation of your soul. The salvation of your soul, because as Simon Peter reminds them of this, that as you believe in him, you will obtain as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your soul. And here's the thing. We don't live in a clean world. Uh, We always uh, have moments where this world will challenge us, and and they will make our souls sometimes feel heavy, uh, dirty, dark. But with Christ, he lifts the burdens, he cleanses who we are, and he shines his light into our hearts where all of a sudden your soul is free. Your soul is alive. Yes, in the moments of your present, there are various trials. He talks about what these Christians around the world scattered were dealing with. And yet, if you hold on by faith to Jesus, there is this inexpressible beauty about your life, this inexpressible reality that's going to happen for you. When you hold on to him, you obtain as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your soul, the cleansing of your soul, a soul that is not weighted down toward death, but a soul that is living toward God and life, a soul that empowers you to move through challenge, to move through darkness, to move through difficulty, a soul that empowers you to live in a world where other people are living for so many different things. Your soul has been saved by Jesus, and therefore that salvation empowers you to really live today, and yes, to one day when this life has been lived to the fullest and the max to live with Jesus forever. You've obtained that through your faith. You have achieved that. So you you have this hope. You've been born again. You have this inheritance that is imperishable and cannot be taken away. You are protected in this world by the power of God. And that is all because of Jesus. And through him, you have obtained a saved soul. A soul that is cleansed, a soul that is alive, a soul that will last forever with all the promises that God has for you through Jesus. Now, when I take all of that, yeah, I I realize that, you know, we take this passage, nine verses, but I want to go back to the life lesson. How do you get that? Well, Jesus is the one who secures all of those things. You turn to him. Simon Peter knew that. He had turned to himself, he had turned to his own strength, and he had fallen. But every time he turned to Jesus, he would rise. Every time he trusted Christ, he would overcome. And Jesus is the one who holds you secure in the moments of your present until he reveals to you the inexpressible beauty of what he has for you in the future. You get there by faith in him. You get there by being born again. You obtain that inheritance by trusting in him. 
And his protection comes toward all those, wherever you are, however you feel, whatever you're going through, who hold on to him and his promises to you more than anything else. And that's what it means to have a saved soul. So as we walk through the rest of this passage, this scripture, this letter, throughout the course of the weeks ahead, 